Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated and that's and they're, and they're killing people Uh, with these social media platforms uh, and those uh, engagements typically happen through members of our senior staff but also members of our COVID-19 team. Uh, Given as Dr. Murthy uh, conveyed, uh, this is a big issue of misinformation specifically on the pandemic. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook book uh, that spread disinformation. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. So we're helping get trusted content out there. We also created the COVID-19, the COVID Community Corps to get factual information into the hands of local messengers. And we're also investing, uh, as you all have seen in the presidents, the vice presidents and Dr. Fauci's time in meeting with uh, providing uh, for for Facebook or other platforms to measure and publicly share the impact of misinformation on their platform uh, and the audience it's reaching. Uh, also with the public, with all of you, um, to create robust enforcement strategies that bridge their properties and provide transparency about rules. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. So let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. You got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation so they can look and see. So there's consensus. This is a safe vaccine. If the president announced tomorrow we have a vaccine, would you take it? Only if it was completely transparent that other experts in the country could look at it. Only if we knew all of what went into it. If Donald Trump can't give answers and administration can't give answers to these three questions, the American people should not have confidence. But if Donald Trump tells us I should t- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. Good evening, kings, queens, and bishops. We are the Chess News Network outside the 2021 National Championships. We're waiting for this year's winner, Larry St. Lawrence, to emerge. Larry, Larry. 
So what do you attribute to your great success this year? Uh, uh, well, Gary Kasparov is my hero, so I just do what he would do. Gary Kasparov, a known Russian. Was there Russian collusion in your performance this year? Uh, well, no, I just I, I admire his style, and I, I teach it when I play with my kids. Larry St. Lawrence, playing with children, very inappropriate. Do you have anything else to say about these allegations? Well, allega well first of all, playing with kids, I, I, I don't do what you're implying that I do with kids. And secondly, allegations, I have nothing to confess, okay? Larry St. Lawrence, a series of confessions with inappropriate allegations. I'm sorry, I, I, this is over, I have to go. But wait, well, well, what about holding the uh, event indoors? Do you feel that negatively impacted climate change? <laughs> Well, what else do you know about Brazilian sex trafficking rings? Leave me alone! Leave me alone! And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 18th of July, year of our Lord, and the hits just keep on coming. If last podcast wasn't bad enough, that is just shocking. It's just shocking. I mean, I... I just, I don't even have weight. I mean, I played their mashup. That's them. That's them. During the election. This, that's how they, they roll. So they say things that extreme. Here's CNN. The president talks to his grandkids all the time. And of course he looks for their advice and input on how to Reach young people and get connected online. Really? That, that's what you're going to go with? When you say that? And before we get into the event itself, let us remember that is the First Amendment. This is what it says. I guess it has a different meaning now. For whatever reason, they've come up with a new meaning for the First Amendment. Because they believe because misinformation can kill people, that they can just absurd all of us. And the media is with them. Trust in media. Down. I mean, it's just, it's just seller stuff. Seller. All of these I'm doing prior, just to make them under, they don't know the American people. They think they do because they're in the bubble. It is getting so bad that only 6%, 6% of Republicans believe the press anymore. Because this is what they do. It's constant. It's non-stop. That that's fine. American banned sinking ship of poison in partnership. Only 16% of respondents said they had a lot of confidence in television news. Another poll. And then you get into this stuff. This is all over the place. Now the Georgia Secretary of State... The one that wanted Trump to be 
like screwed because he released that stuff. I'm trying to restart my Surface. I have a Surface Pro. If you see me looking down, if I get it to reboot, I redid it. Got it reset up and everything was working perfect yesterday. I wake up today and once again, it shit the bed. There's something wrong with it. I bought this and last time it was used is November 16th, 2016. And I... Reset it, took a whole day, got a new upload, went to Windows 10. Yesterday was working like a charm, and it keeps trying to reset something. It wants to put a program on. Then it puts that update on, and it does this, where it doesn't want to work anymore. And I try manual reboots. I try everything, and now it's broke again, which is really sad because I paid a lot of money for that. I got yelled at for this, and it fell off. A counter in a hotel room and cracked the screen and ever since then it's just been crazy so i think it's a motherboard i think that's the issue i don't think it's software but this stuff is everywhere sharpie gates real this one arizona audit uh ones i don't have in the picture uh shows unregistered voters and evidence-free ballot papers were both way where biden uh, were way more than biden's lead Georgia's Secretary of State explains why he just now discovered more than 10,000 illegal votes cast in 2020. Federal judge says DACA is illegal. Polls show one in eight, 1.8 million turned down jobs because of government handouts. That's all up front. Because that is what they've been reporting. They've been reporting this shit. They keep reporting false stuff. And then you get into a White House press briefing where they outright say, we're telling Facebook what to do, and they're doing it. Speaking of misinformation and the announcement from yesterday, for how long has the administration been spying on people's Facebook profiles looking for vaccine misinformation? Well, that was quite a loaded and inaccurate question, um, which I would refute. Well, Peter, first of all, as you know, we're in, we're in a regular touch with with a range of media outlets. As as let me finish. As we are as we are in regular touch with social media platforms. This is publicly uh, open information, people sharing information online, just as you are all reporting information on your news stations. Okay, so these 12 people who you have on a list, 12 individuals, do they know that somebody at the Surgeon General's office is going through their profile? I'm happy to get you the citation of where that comes from. There's no secret list. I will tell you that these are people who are sharing information on public platforms on Facebook, information that is traveling, is inaccurate. Our biggest concern here, and I frankly think it should be your biggest concern, is the number of people who are dying around the country because 
because they're getting misinformation that is leading them to not take a vaccine. But Young people, old people, kids, children, this is all being, a lot of them are being impacted by misinformation. The big concern though, I think for a lot of people on Facebook is that now this is big brother watching you. They're more concerned about that than people dying across the country because of a, a pandemic where misinformation is traveling on social media platforms. That feels unlikely to me. If you have the data to back that up, I'm happy okay. to discuss and just it. About things that are on Facebook. I looked this morning. Uh, there are videos of Dr. Fauci from 2020 before anybody had a vaccine, and he is out there saying there's no reason to be walking around with a mask. So is the administration going to contact Facebook and ask them to take that down? Well, first, I think what Dr. Fauci has said himself, who's been quite public out there, is that science evolves, information evolves, and we make that available in a public way to the American people. Exactly. I, I, I have never seen any data to suggest that uh, that the vaccines cause infertility. That is information that is irresponsibly but, traveling. Okay. Sure, just I one think more. Just one more. Sorry. Okay. About the science evolving, Facebook used to post, I used to block people from posting that COVID may have originated for a lab. That is something this president now admits is a possibility. So is there any concern that things you're trying to block or have taken down might someday turn out to be? We don't take anything down. We don't block anything. Facebook and any private sector company makes decisions about what information should be on their platform. Our point is that there is information that is leading to people not taking the vaccine and people are dying as a result. And we have a responsibility as a public health matter to raise that issue. And the responsibility we all have, the government, media, platforms, public messengers, to give accurate information. Clarifying question yeah. on, on how you identify this misinformation. I'm wondering if you could tell us specifically how the administration identifies what is misinformation and then how you flag it to Facebook. That's one. Uh, two is how many times has the administration flagged this kind of information? Um, and then three, how long has this been going? And, and then finally, um, I know that, that you are, are deadly serious about this conversation. You talked about how this is life and death. But are there any types of, of safeguards that the administration is putting in place to make certain that they do not chill free speech while they are going after this kind of disinformation? One of the reasons for stubbornly low vaccination rates is misinformation, erroneous or outright false information that may dissuade some people from getting a shot. The White House has been particularly focused on this and the role of social media in allowing false information to spread. On his way to Camp David today, President Biden laid unmistakable blame on Facebook. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, they really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And, that, and, they're, and they're killing people. Facebook said the president was wrong. In a statement, the company said, quote, more than two. New cases are rising in all 50 states for the first time since January, as the president accuses social media companies of killing people for allowing vaccine myths to circulate online. They're killing people. I mean, it really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And, that, and, they're, and they're killing people.
But Facebook is pushing back, saying they're saving lives by doing everything they can to combat COVID misinformation. President Biden weighing in today about vaccine misinformation on platforms like Facebook, saying they're killing people and provoking a strong denial from Facebook. Gabe Gutierrez has more on the information disconnect. In Tipton County, Tennessee, just north of Memphis, vaccine skepticism runs deep. I just feel like there's a lack of research. It's, it was too fast to get it out there. Only about 25% of people in this county are fully vaccinated. Meanwhile, the state of Tennessee has seen a 310% jump in new COVID cases over the last two weeks. Here and around the country, the rise is fueled by people choosing not to get vaccinated. You just don't trust it. Not at all. If Donald Trump told me to take that thing, I wouldn't take it. Most of the states with the lowest vaccination rates are in the South. Unfortunately, in our part of the country, we've not had as good of success with getting people vaccinated as we'd like to. According to the Census Bureau, the top reasons people are hesitant, they're concerned about side effects, they don't trust the government, or they want to wait and see if it's safe. The U.S. Surgeon General, who lost 10 family members to COVID, is now issuing his first health advisory, not on drugs or smoking, but vaccine misinformation. The voices of doctors, nurses, Scientists and public health experts are too often being drowned out by the false sirens of misinformation. A recent study finds two-thirds of unvaccinated adults believe major myths about vaccines, such as they cause infertility or change your DNA. Simply not true. Lester asked the head of the CDC about this. Uh, we have seen a lot of false information out there. How harmful has it been to your efforts? Uh, certainly it hasn't helped. Um, we know that that misinformation actually spreads more readily than the information that we're trying to get out there. From conservative news outlets. If the vaccine is so great, wouldn't it sell itself? There'd be no reason to force people to take it. But people are being forced to take it. To social media. Really think about that. I just want you to think, and once again, never Trumpers, liberals that may live. This is Trump. This is George W. Bush. They're censoring. Katie Pavlich, Saki says the White House has been flagging problematic posts on Facebook. They believe are misinformation about Wuhan coronavirus. Reminder, Fauci worked at Facebook to ban the lab leak theory, which is factual. factual Glenn Greenwald is my favorite for all of this because he just nails it all all of it and I just shut the page like an idiot so let me pull it back up The Biden administration is telling Facebook which posts regards problematic so that Facebook can remove them. This is a union of corporate and state power, one of the classic hallmarks of fascism that the people who spent five years babbling about fascism support. If you don't find it deeply disturbing that the White House is flagging Internet content that they deem problematic to their Facebook allies for removal, then you're definitely an authoritarian. Just going to pause for a second. And play just a few of the disinformations. I'm going to do apples and apples. Just Wuhan. So several questions on that front. But you mentioned um, age, right? And that it, it seems to be striking younger people as well. 
um, more effectively than the original COVID. We have obviously anecdotally heard that from other doctors as well. I have a mother of three children too young to be vaccinated. And you talked about this issue, it really struck me. You said Delta variant is coming for our children. I know you're the mother of three as well, two teenage girls and a boy under 12, also unvaccinated. And I know you've changed your behavior because of what you're seeing and your real concerns. Tell me. Right. So a month ago, we felt pretty good about our kids going to play with other people, going to camps. You know, we were having a great, good summer. But as the surge begins and as you start to see that community activity and then suddenly it's like gasoline on a fire and everybody has COVID again, just like they did before, we're starting to dial back on the number of things we do, definitely doing them outdoors again. And my son stayed masked in public places because because he needs to, because he's not vaccinated. And so following the rules we've been following, but all this is all happening at a time that we're starting to see a message shift here because you're starting to hear the Republicans, especially Trump Co, calling it the Wuhan or the Chinese coronavirus. They're looking for someone to blame. Concern is growing this morning over an outbreak of a new SARS-like virus in China. At least six people have died from the Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The 34-year-old ophthalmologist diagnosed Saturday with the Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan virus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. What more can you tell us about the similarities or differences between SARS and the Wuhan coronavirus? The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus in China. The Wuhan uh, coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. And the Wuhan uh, coronavirus. Wuhan coronavirus. Fears continue to grow over the outbreak of the Wuhan coronavirus. Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. We have new information about how the Wuhan coronavirus is spread. Tying coronavirus to China and Chinese people isn't just a racist dog whistle. It's a whole racist orchestra. It's a mighty, mighty racist boss tone. I hear Stephen Miller in this foreign virus setting up Travel bans for the outside invasion of the disease? That's not the, the way. China yeah, that they've th been that's calling. not the first U.S. case of Chinese coronavirus. The Chinese coronavirus. Uh, this is coming as the Chinese coronavirus. China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus. Outbreak anxiety. The death toll nearly doubles in China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus. Just how bad is China's coronavirus? Coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus. China's coronavirus. China's coronavirus. China's coronavirus. Concerns about the uh, coronavirus. Uh, it's going to come across to a lot of Americans as smacking of a xenoph. Well, the city of Los Angeles has announced it is bringing back indoor mask mandates, and they will apply even to people who've been vaccinated. Masking indoors must again become a normal practice by all, regardless of vaccination status, so that we can stop the trends and level of, of transmission we're currently seeing. So it doesn't make a ton of sense. And the L.A. County Sheriff, Alex Villanueva, has just announced he will not enforce the mandate that you just heard. And that does make sense because it's not rooted in science. How do we know this? Well, back in May, the director of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky, said that vaccinated people don't need to wear masks. We are asking people to be honest with themselves. If they are vaccinated and they are not wearing a mask, they are safe. If they are not vaccinated and they are not wearing a mask, they are not safe. Ooh, so the experts have contradictory guidance. 
Maybe the experts and the science have nothing to do with any of this. Maybe it's as simple as once you hand power over your life, the intimate details, what you can wear while you're eating, for example, whether you can go to church, they don't want to give it back. And they're not. There are signs tonight that other cities are going to reinstate mask mandates. In New York, Governor Andrew Cuomo just tweeted that masks should be mandatory because, and we're not making this up, they're a sign of respect and can prevent the common cold. So why ever take it off? Are they a sign of respect to the people who are forced to wear them? No, they're a sign of obedience and submission. That's why they mandate them. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization is warning, warning that a third wave of the virus is about to knock out all the progress that vaccines have made. Chaos on the COVID front today. Jacob, you mentioned conspiracy theories in the last segment. Let's talk about one of those. Uh, all the claims about Hillary Clinton's health. The tiptoeing is over. The whispers are turning into shouts. President Trump's fitness for office is now the top story in the country. That is basically a dog whistle uh, to all of those uh, supporters out there who have been uh, questioning uh, Hillary Clinton's health. Is there anything you're keeping from us for privacy? A wink to supporters who have raised bogus questions about Clinton's health. For Rudy Giuliani. Not outlandish. Does it seem likely in any way that members of the GOP will take this seriously, will want to take a look at the president's mental fitness? Trump also questioning Clinton's illness, and we found multiple articles debunking these wild-eyed lunatic conspiracy theories. That I thought if you ran into Donald Trump at a backyard barbecue, you would find his adult children and ask what they were doing to treat him for memory care. I think that's the case. A neurologist who was, diagnosing, who was diagnosing Hillary Clinton on the basis of a piece of videotape. Okay. He's, he both has these issues of mental fitness and then has these actual questions of intellectual capacity. Yes. If you don't... So a urologist went on Hannity's show to pass judgment on Hillary Clinton's mental state of mind. And he's passing judgment on her mental well-being. Do you think Donald Trump is well? But my question is, why are so many Trump surrogates? question the fitness of the sitting president of the United States. It's really a cue to his voters, to supporters, to think, oh, maybe, maybe she does have that secret illness that I've heard about on talk radio. We would say these are the messages from a person who is not well, from a leader who is not fit for office. But many Americans are worried. And she made a determination with her doctor that she would power through this. She made a decision to just power through this. We've decided to power through sometimes, just power through this. Continue to, to power through. Yes, she tried to power through it. She just wanted to power through her schedule. So she wanted to just power through and keep doing it. I as appreciate all senator. of her desire to, to power through. To power through and get things done. She tried to power through it. It was Hillary Clinton's decision, essentially, to power through. The candidate who famously wants to power through. could power through. They thought she could power through it. They thought uh, that she could power through it. Wants to power through things. That too, the, the powering through. Batch. Governor uh, Jennifer Granholm said women just power through these things and I get it. I try to power through all my right. illnesses. Hillary Clinton had a very busy day on Friday and she powered through that day. Yet she powered through. Powering through illness is what women do every day. She continued powering through. Uh, I think about mothers powering through. I mean she powered through that week. I'm going to power through. That was that was that was so he stayed totally apples and apples. 
That's them calling it Wuhan. That's them with the health of Trump is horrible, but the health of um, Hillary, she's fine. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, we're good. We're good. There's nothing wrong. Then her reply. If you're banned on one, you should be banned on the other. And then one minute later, she says that it is a private organization. Now, understand, this comes on the heels of this, that they're going after text messages. They're weaponizing Facebook. They're literally weaponizing everything. This is what fascism looks for, looks like. This is what it looks like. We spent four years being told Trump was a fascist. He was going to kill your grandma. He did give people COVID. All that misinformation. It's killing them. Facebook is killing people. How can they get away with this rhetoric? How? How is this okay in a civilized society? Was he instructed to go for the most dramatic answer possible? Voting rights is worse than civil war. Facebook is killing people. For fuck's sake, I don't like Zuck as much as the next guy, but let's calm the fuck down. No. 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 We're not going to. What an amazing... What's amazing here is that the libs at Facebook didn't see this coming. They thought they could appease the Dems by censoring conservatives, but they only ended up with them getting eaten anyway, because you always get eaten. Always. Always. Which one is this? Harris talking on COVID vaccine. You saw it. They're the people that ingested this shit. They're the people that got people scared. 25% of African Americans. Here replies, how is he going to top it? You you can't top it. I guess at least progress. Joe Biden has moved on from the Tuskegee Airmen killing people. And then more of the voting. That, that's not being covered. And then there's this classic. Before we play a montage of just misinformation. And all of it was suppressed. What have you. This is what a Facebook oversight person said about free speech. And what we're trying to find, of course, I think many of us were engaging in this conversation is that is that middle road? How do you moderate content, and when? How do you find that balance between uh, human rights uh, and free free speech versus a human rights, uh, but also other human rights? Because obviously, free speech is not an absolute human right; it has to be balanced with other human rights, and that is. Yeah, I want those people in charge of what people can say or not. 
Well, she's wrong and should not be allowed to operate in my country. It's an absolute human right in America. B.S. Free speech is the most fundamental human right. An absolute right to freedom of expression. If governments will cave on something as fundamental, being human, as forming your own thoughts and vocalizing them when convenient, how can they possibly be trusted to care about the nebulous other rights they profess are more important? And that's just the key thing right there. Greenwald. The Biden administration is telling Facebook which post regards problematic so that Facebook can remove them. This is the union of corporate and state power, one of the classic hallmarks of fascism that the people who spent five years babbling about fascism support. If you don't find it deeply disturbing that the White House is flagging Internet content that they deem problematic to their Facebook allies for removal, then you are definitely an authoritarian. No other information is needed about you to know that. There is no circumstance, none, in which it's acceptable for the White House or any agency of the government to provide a list to Facebook of problematic content it wants removed. Yet that's exactly what Pisaki says they're doing. The White House is admitting that they're compiling lists of people who they claim are post content they regard as problematic, and that constitutes misinformation, are demanding Facebook remove them. This is authoritarianism. As I've documented before, the Supreme Court has ruled that the First Amendment's free speech guarantee is violated when government officials pressure and coerce private actors to censor for them. That is exactly what the Biden White House is doing with Facebook. Has the Biden White House also begun identifying books carried by Amazon that it regards as problematic and instructed Amazon to take them down and start selling them immediately? What's the difference between that and what's going on with Facebook? What percentage of liberals would also support that? American liberalism, especially after the Trump era, when it realigned with CIA, Facebook, or FBI, excuse me, and neocons, is an absolutely authoritarian faction. Their brains won't process it because they spent five years telling tech, uh, telling each other, Trump is a fascist, but their movement is a menace. Wondering if ACU... ACLU plans on weighing in at some point soon about the fact that the Biden White House today boasted its flagging post in regards as problematic and telling Facebook to take them down immediately. Seems like a relevant issue. They won't. Because the ACLU has been co-opted. They're all co-opted. Saranovich. There's a word for political system where the government directly controls the actions of corporations. But they don't care. None of this matters. It is all about power and them being able to wield that power. And people like me said this is what they're going to do. For years, I've said they are the fascists. They are. They project. They're the fascists. Cut and dry. Red states, Twitter and Facebook blocked the New York Post for true and accurate reporting the story of the president's son. That's where this argument should start, not anti-vax posts or videos. The argument starts with this platform blocking a story the Biden campaign and several other journalists falsely claim was misinformation. We thought it was just a Russian misinformation story being pushed by bad actors, except it wasn't. So now what? He continues... 
removing information on vaccines will translate right over to anything they think is misinformation on gun violence, climate, health care, or what defines a man and a woman, which is why they are doing this. Can't wait for the coalition, coalition of the very concerned to weigh in on this one. Reminder that when Jim Psaki in the White House is doing on Facebook tracks back to Clinton digital director blaming Facebook for a loss in 2016 and not the fact she visited Hamilton on Broadway more than she visited Wisconsin. One question for Psaki, define misinformation and be specific. Context. The White House pushes big tech to censor disinformation. Which brings us to the media jerk-off of the day. All of this was misinformation. Iowa Republican, the media jerk-off of the week. Tonight, CNN is learning the Biden administration now finds the theory that the coronavirus leaked from a Wuhan lab to be as credible as the theory that it developed naturally. This is a dramatic shift in what they're saying publicly, and it comes amid an intelligence review that President Biden demanded. Natasha Bertrand is out front with this new reporting. And Natasha, look, let's just be honest. This is a dramatic shift from the Biden administration, uh, which is looking at this now in an extremely serious way. What more are you learning? It is a shift, especially from last year when the lab leak theory, so-called lab leak theory, was considered pretty outlandish and kind of a conspiracy theory by many on the left. And that, of course, had to do a lot with the fact that the former president, Donald Trump, was weaponizing it and was making it political. But now what we're seeing is that senior Biden administration officials are taking this possibility very seriously. Biden ordered an intelligence community review of the origins of the pandemic back in March. The intelligence community then came to him with their findings. In May, he then ordered a redoubled effort into this, uh, you know, the probe into COVID origins because the intel community was split on the issue. Setting all those aside, there is still a pocket of people and polling shows they are largely Republicans who are refusing to take this vaccine. So- I cited a report that came out in May. The report uh, identifies the, it's what they call the disinformation dozen, 12 people including Robert Kennedy Jr., yeah. but then a bunch of other people that, that you might not know their names, uh, who are sources of lies about the vaccine, uh, providing these 12 people, more, I think, more than 60% of the lies uh, on Facebook. And so, you know, I don't have an, uh, an issue with, with Facebook um, dealing with it, but, you know, I guess a couple of things. First of all, is there not a, a, a problem here with the White House telling private companies what content to allow and what content not to allow. We, we see the opposite of this from conservatives who are, get mad when Nazis are taken off of, uh, off of Twitter or Facebook. Some perspective now from CNN political commentator Mary Catherine Hamm and Paul Begala, Democratic strategist and also CNN political commentator. Mary Catherine, good to see you. We just heard the, the, knee, the reaction from elected Republican officials, even House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy tweeted yesterday, quote, big tech and big government want the same thing to control you. But when it comes to actually scientific data and facts, why shouldn't there be an effort to help people find the truth? Well, I think as Facebook has said that they already sort of attempt to do that. I I feel like the Biden administration is sort of biting the hand that feeds them in this case. Look, 
I have talked about these vaccines being a miracle, the way they were developed and developed so quickly. Back when even Kamala Harris was saying that she was skeptical if something came out during the Trump administration. Like, this has been a problem on both sides of the aisle, and it's not good. Um, But I think this goes beyond that. This is a speech issue. And I think we would be really clear-eyed about that if it were a Republican administration. Now, there's that thing where people say it's not a speech issue, Mary Catherine, because they're not actually, the government's not actually censoring. They're not doing the job. They're asking Facebook to do the job. Well, this comes pretty close. This is a strategic partnership with a communications platform that the executive of the United States says is killing people with speech. That's pretty chilling of speech. And frankly, Facebook has clapped down pretty hard on stuff that's not just misinformation. Um, And Frank, we just did a segment on a a story about the lab leak theory, which was a credible theory a year ago, but was called misinformation because it was inconvenient information that people didn't want to discuss. And that was actively censored on social media platforms when it shouldn't have been. Mm. So I worry a little bit about what will be actively censored now from apparently marching orders from the executive of the United States. Paul, is is this uh, censorship? No, not even close. I mean, that's just nonsense. I'm sorry. But I actually took the time to read uh, Dr. Vivek Murthy's uh, report today, the Surgeon General. And I think it will stand up the way the Surgeon General's report in 1962 did about pollution being bad for our health. In 1964, the Surgeon General issued a report about how smoking is bad for our health. Well, Facebook is bad for our health. They're polluting the information environment. And I'm glad that the, the White House is calling. By the way, a great many conservatives agree with this. They're always uh, complaining about big tech. But this is critically important. You've, we've, we've covered this every night. Something in the order of 99% of the people who are dying from COVID now are dying because they didn't get a vaccine. And the vaccine is available. And we need to reach those folks. The way the algorithm works, uh, according both to Dr. Murthy's report and other research I've done, it promotes the familiar it promotes something you've seen before. It promotes something that's popular. It doesn't promote something that's true. They could change their algorithm. That's not the government. That's a company. They could change their algorithm to promote things that are true from trusted sources. They don't do that. Why? Because the negative holds you on their platform longer. They make more money from hate. And that's what they're in the business of, is making money. Well, just the way government regulates pollution in cigarettes, the government ought Paul, to make sure that Facebook is doing their job. Paul, pollution of information sorry. is a speech issue. That's what you're talking well, of about. Of course it is. What you deem what you deem to be pollution of information as dictated, your wish is dictated by the executive of the United States with the force of the government behind it, strongly suggesting that a private company... deal with the pollution of information becomes a speech issue very quickly. And I think you would see that very clearly if this were the Trump administration. I say I see it very clearly, Mary Catherine, but I don't have the right to use free speech to say that Anderson Cooper shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Right. There are limits to speech when people are dying because they can't get this vaccine and companies are making profit. People are getting the vaccine. And you object to their conversations that you think are problematic about no, no, the vaccine. No, I object to the that algorithm promoting people. No, speech doesn't no. kill the people. It just doesn't. And, it, and once you go down that road, it becomes very but dangerous. Paul, Paul, just because people... those words are uh, coming out of the government. Paul, just because people have access to information which may be inaccurate or, or you know, shades of gray in a matter of opinion, uh, it doesn't mean that they. I mean, they they have free will. Uh, Shouldn't people have have information? I mean, don't we live in a society where we believe people should have 
a lot of information and they can make up their own minds about things. People who are not getting vaccines, it's not that they've never heard that vaccines are incredibly beneficial and they haven't se- they've seen the facts. They're just choosing to make a different decision. Some have seen the facts and some haven't. But uh, they, people should have a right, obviously, to say anything they want. I think Mary Catherine is, is, is perhaps I'm not explaining my position clearly enough for Mary Catherine. Uh, I'm not saying that speech should be regulated. I am saying that Facebook ought to look in the mirror and tell the truth, which is they make more money through hate. They make more money through misinformation. They're not the government. They're a for-profit corporation. And so they deliver money for their shareholders. That's their job. But they are making more money by spreading more lies. And if you read the, the report, the Surgeon General doesn't suggest any kind of censorship whatsoever at all. He's simply saying he goes through what we can do as individuals, as communities, but as I think educators. Paul, uh, sorry, but Paul, I think, I mean, having, I've had several arguments, you know, or, or interviews with some Facebook people over the years. Their argument is we are, we are a platform right. for people to have conversations and meeting and, and communities and stuff. We are not the arbiter of, you know, in some cases we do, we have standards that, that, that violate. I get there's all sorts of problems with their standards, but that is their position. I, I don't know that their position is, you know, we're, I think I'm, your argument that they're profiting because they want lies on their site, yes. I, I'm not sure that's accurate, is it? Their algorithm promotes anything that keeps you on the website longer. And that is usually the negative the misinformation. In the report today, the Surgeon General says untrue stories are 70 percent more likely to be uh, uh, promoted by, by us, but also by Facebook. It's it's I guess if, it were, if I were James Carville, say it's the algorithm, stupid. They are adding velocity to the yeah. lies. I'm not saying people shouldn't have the right even to say that yeah. Aunt, Aunt Blatty shouldn't get the shot because it's somehow yeah. going to hurt you. But but when Facebook promotes that and accelerates yeah. that, that's a problem. It's just it's walking a real sly and I think problematic line when the actual executive is saying that speech is killing people, which is not that's not a position I agree with. And I don't think it's one that Paul would agree with uh, under any other administration. And the thing is, this counteracts their actual goal, because are skeptics convinced by the idea that the government is saying to Facebook, hey, we'd really like you to shut up all these people we disagree with on this contentious subject. It will lead to other things in other areas. Anything the government takes under its wing, they're going to expand their reach, and it's going to be bad news. Mary Catherine Ham, Paul Pagala, I appreciate it. Uh, we're out of time on that one. Sorry. Appreciate it, though. This- Why do you think these attacks are becoming so much more frequent now? It's not surprising that Donald Trump is increasing his attacks. The walls are closing in on him. The walls are Don't just stand there. Try and brace it with something. It feels like the walls are closing in on the White House. It feels as if the walls are closing in here. I think the walls of, of justice are closing in on President Trump. Feeling like the walls are closing in. The president clearly feels all the walls closing in on him in terms of the Russia investigation. The walls are closing in. I, I think at this point... I think that the administration at this point can start to see the walls closing in. He feels the walls closing in on him. Everybody he talks to says the walls are closing in. This is another potential wall closing in. This president is feeling the walls are closing in. The walls, meanwhile, are closing in on the president of the United States. I think he's feeling the Russian investigation. I think he's feeling the wheels. The, the, The walls may be closing in higher up at the White House. The president apparently believes that the walls are closing in on him. The walls are closing in on the president right now. That Donald Trump feels the walls closing in. Feeling like the walls.
Walls could be closing in uh, on this president. Feels like we are finally at a tipping point. The walls are closing in on President Trump. Feels like the president is sitting in the White House. The walls are closing in around him. And that's why there's this sense of the walls closing in. As it appears, the walls are closing in uh, in terms of the Mueller investigation. The walls are closing in. The, the, the walls are closing in. I do feel that he feels the walls closing in on him. Legal walls are closing in on Donald Trump tonight. From a Democratic perspective, this is the president who feels like the walls are closing in. As he feels the walls are closing in, any indication that legally speaking, the walls are closing in on the president. Feel some of the walls closing in on him. Yes, that the walls are closing in. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not, uh, it is not generally speaking, unruly. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's... You know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times. But thank goodness for the looters, man. And the protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I don't care that much about statues. Respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. You're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it. Something that has not never happened before, and then this is so terrible, and where are we, and these savages, and all of that. This is how this country was started. People get mad, and people get sick of it. People are risking COVID to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level, and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So... Remember your history before you judge your present. I've read that you don't believe this was a spontaneous riot that just sort of ran amok. You think that what they had inside help? I do believe there was some inside uh, assistance. Yes. Somebody on the inside of those buildings were uh, complicit in this. There is no doubt in my mind that there were people inside the Capitol, inside law enforcement, perhaps even other members of the other side that may have been involved in this. There was a sense that something was wrong. And obviously with the violence, but there was a sense that something was wrong from the inside. And so I do think we owe it to the American people to understand, you know, whether members of our own houses uh, were working with these protesters. I also intend to see that those members of Congress who embedded him, those members of Congress who had groups coming through the Capitol that I saw on January 5th, a reconnaissance for the next day. Those members of Congress that incited this violent crowd. Clearly, there was either information shared about how to get to those locations or there was some inside help, and that's my belief. They were not just derelict. You could say it. They were complicit. To run in the Capitol, in our nation's Capitol, and not know if an officer is there to help you. We'll fight it. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the hours-long attack. They beat 
a Capitol Police officer to death with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the fight. He died at the age of 42 after he was bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher. The media really wished that the whole debate over critical race theory would just go away. State after state, Fox News and Republicans, conservatives have whipped up a moral panic about so-called critical race theory. This is just the latest outrage device over at Fox, is it not? The bad faith effort by Republicans to make critical race theory a wedge issue. By the way, critical race theory is enormously useful. It's a graduate level construct. It's not taught in K through 12. Again, it is not being taught in grade schools. No one is teaching critical race theory K through 12. Just to be clear, can you just repeat it? It is a law school tech. What is critical race theory? What is critical race theory? I suspect it's not as major an issue as we've made it out to be in the media. What even is critical race theory? Nobody knows. It's too high level. What is anything? Seriously, it's like they're scared to admit it even exists. And did I hear Chris Hayes say so-called critical race theory? Chris, the right didn't come up with that name. The academics you're defending did. You see what they're doing here, right? They're basically defining critical race theory as this extremely niche, high-level academic theory so they can claim that kids aren't learning it in school. But they can define it however they want, but to the average person, critical race theory is a catch-all term for all the familiar 1619 project-type ideas. White privilege, institutional and structural racism, the idea that America is inherently racist, you get the idea. Are kids being taught that in school? Absolutely, unequivocally, yes. Joy Reid may not think so, but the teachers sure do. Racism is systematic. So it's impossible to be systematically racist to white people in an American society. Teaching that systemic racism exists isn't in itself a racist practice. That is the first step toward healing, which this country desperately needs. I am part of the equity and racial justice team at my school district and have been mentoring students of color who have been leading these changes in our district they have implemented new curriculum that is unwhitewashed. These children love that montage. I just love it. Cisnick, critical race theory. It's an insurrection, mostly peaceful. The walls are closing in. It's all about walls. It's all about closing in. There's always walls and they're closing in. It's just unfucking believable that these people, Tapper, uh, they get mad when they take down the, they take down uh, Nazis. What the fuck's that mean? What does that even mean? You're either for free speech or you're not. And with the track record of social media and all of these entities, how can you, I mean, just fucking COVID, we have gone, don't wear a mask, wear a mask, wear three masks, wear a mask when you're vaccinated, and now the strains, I mean, there's the, the, the fear mongering over strains. And then to find out, okay, the lab leak theory, yeah, that, that's a real theory now. But you got banned off Twitter for that. You got banned. You were taken off Twitter and other platforms if you said that 
It came from the left. They suppressed it if it came from a lap. That, that's what they did. I mean, folks, I, I don't even know how to say it anymore. Now we find out after they suppressed the story, banned people from doing it, a federal judge just moved it so nobody could see it at the behest of the Bidens. So he can keep his job. The misinformation hoax. A regime desperate for legitimacy destroys it instead. Articles everywhere. I mean, here's BLM. This is what Twitter did to protect BLM. The BLM Global Foundation released a statement calling on the U.S. government to end its embargo on Cuba, prompting some to discuss how the organization BLM has a movement are not always aligned. This is what we do. We protect the left. You know, I think the problem is what people are understanding is we know the media is biased. We know the media is all about getting Democrats elected. We knew it always turns liberal when it, you know, bans people or suppresses people. We always thought that there was cahoots between them, especially after, you know, time did the fortification of an election bullshit. And now you know. So you just get randos writing stuff like this. I mean, I've seen normal people that you wouldn't call mega. In the last 48 hours, our government media have lied about the reason for the protests in Cuba. Our president called everyone who wants secure and accessible election a racist. Our secretary of state invited an authoritarian regime from a corrupt international organization to come. Yeah, they're bringing the U.N. in to the U.N. civil rights with people that do, like, throw fags off roofs. Yeah, I said it. Because over there you can call people fags. You don't lose your job. You don't get in trouble. They just throw them off the roof. But they're going to come and talk to us about how we need to improve our shit. Evaluate a human right record. The media is pumping steel dossier part two that I'm not even covering today. PP tape boogaloo like we're going to buy it. We see the chair of the Joint Chiefs is politicized hack. It's completely off the rails. We're going to cover it in a second. The press secretary just told us Biden is ending scientific inquiry by leveraging big tech as an arm. <clears throat> Of the government, the DNC wants to leverage common carriers to decide what text you can get. The HHS secretary says the government has a right to know if you're vaccinated. This is just the top of my head. It would seem to me the Cuban protesters waving the American flag have a better idea of the American idea than anyone governing us does anymore. And they might not want to come here anymore. We have the Internet, but it's been being censored. We have election, but tech overloads have more say than voters. The Democrats' budget will now govern will now govern 
private employment relationships, and America can be forced to join unions they want no part of. I went to bed Sunday night in America. I have no idea what evolving banana republic I am in now. It is the perfect summation of what we're seeing. It's the perfect summation. It is just crazy town. It's crazy town. When you know we covered this last podcast, this guy's paid by the Democrats to go around and say this shit. On Twitter and allowed to. Everywhere. We know this guy's getting suppressed. He's a vet. He actually served to defend it. But he's on the wrong side of it. Now you're getting memes like this, which is a unbelievable concept that this is now a meme that actually is relevant because you can't think for yourself not with these jackasses you can't people are lumping on i'm not gonna do the oliver darcy they're going crazy about it what is this one The Delta variant is coming for our children. Hold on a second. Let me play it. Did I get it? Here it is. So several questions on that front, but you mentioned. Oh, I played um, it. The Delta variant. Fear mongering the Delta variant. We have people put, pointing out that Hunter Biden's story and Russia disinfo, that's a lie. But the press secretary said it last year. Reporters rush to defend Peter Ducey calls misinformation flagging campaigns spying. People, uh, people from fucking WAPO, Aaron Blake, we can't have a debate about whether the government, I get this one. Well, I'll get to this in a second. But the spying narrative put forward by Fox Peter Ducey is nonsense, which 30 seconds of Googling would have revealed. The lead. Biden says social media platforms like Facebook are killing people because of vaccine misinformation. And they said it right there. Wow, remarkable statement. So much tension between the White House and Facebook right now. Heard from a source, the White House incredibly frustrated about months of asking Facebook for data on vaccine misinfo that company deep despite saying is in public they want to work with White House, isn't sharing. Jake Tapper found real problem with today's presser about banning people from the Internet. The journalist calls out Fox Peter Ducey. His Facebook question to Psaki was premised on a lie. I'll play it because I didn't play the whole soundbite. Actually, uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked variations of that question several times in her briefing earlier today. Um, and instead, it, her response to those questions were actually pretty aggressive. They're like, at the, she was like, at the end of the day, these platforms are still contributing misinformation. And we all care about people being healthy, making sure people don't die because they're unvaccinated. So that's, you know, 
I'm sure they understand some of the concerns about concerns that some of the conservatives have been raising. But for the, for them, the message that they're sending at the end of the day is that, look, what matters here is that people are not getting the right information and that is having a fatal impact on the rest of the country. So uh, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy uh, tweeted yesterday following the Surgeon General urging social media companies to get control of this misinformation that they say are, is killing people. Uh, McCarthy wrote, the Biden administration just announced they're working with Facebook to censor more Americans. Big tech and big government want the same thing to control you. As a reminder, America is a land of freedom. Um, what do you think? Sounds like a fundraising request to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, this, the, it, it, the entire Republican Party has just kind of adopted this. Uh, this is part of the whole uh, culture war package. Um, that has been that has been part of their messaging structure uh, this cycle. And I don't and it, it seems to be resonating. Right. I mean, they, they, they have no incentive to stop it because it is resonating with their base. It's cash is flowing in. And, uh, you know, I guess public health be damned. Well, if you don't, if facts and decency aren't important to right. you, then 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 there is no incentive. I mean, facts and decency mean a lot to a lot of us. But for, for McCarthy, I guess not. Um, at the same briefing, uh, somebody from Fox, which also has a lot of people on who say things about the vaccine that are not true, uh, asked a question premised on a lie, which was that uh, the White House was going through people's Facebook pages and private information. Donald Trump. It's all to say Donald Trump. If Donald Trump was working with anything, you would not say it's OK. You didn't even want to take the vaccine. Quite apart from the merits, the White House should stop presuming to tell private companies how to moderate user speech. On the merits, that's an incredibly dumb idea on multiple errors er, er, areas. Trump, Twitter, and Facebook are state actors. They violate my rights. Why? Wow. Every competent lawyer, LOL, White House. No, hang on. We can make this plausible. Government officials getting this involved in moderation decisions, apart from being inherently undesirable, really could backfire spectacularly. At some point, the current stupid state actor argument becomes credible, and there's no First Amendment misinformation exception. And there it is. It is. Oh, no. Oh, no. It could help Trump. We can't have it helping Trump. Goddamn. We can't have it helping Trump. His argument's now plausible. And it is. It's 100% plausible. Because now you are doing it. I mean, this is on top of it all. Your FBI telling people to freaking rat out family members and it's happening why would we trust you why i mean here's biden i'm just gonna play it interesting quotes from biden visit to fort lauderdale campaign field officer earlier today biden saying point blank that trump is sending cuban americans very powerful voter block and the state back to Cuba. Oh, it is. And the one point I'd like to make is this. You know, there's a really strong Cuban-American community. I didn't tell you all that. You're from Florida, okay? If, in fact, he, Donald Trump, and the president, when they were coming back in the old days, they wouldn't be here. Because look what he's doing. He's sending 
Cuban Americans back to the dictatorship. He's sending, he's sending Venezuelans Americans. That's not even called out in our media. Not even called out in our media. Not at all. I mean, the only person that's done anything is Drew Holden. Here it is. This is the media and the left in response to all this stuff. You should be terrified of the prospect of regulating misinformation. The last year or so has been ca- crash course and how bad the powers that can be determine what is or isn't misinformation. But I got a lot of receipts compiling some of the most egregious examples. The best place to start is with the origin of the most consequential event in our lifetime, the COVID pandemic. Remember that very thought that it could become from a local bio lab run by a secretive autocratic regime was dismissed as bigoted conspiracy theory. And he, he, the whole Wuhan leak. I mean, we do, we did this. Tom Cotton was crushed. New York Times, CNN, this article after article after article. Oh no, that's biased. We had supposed misinformation. Man, I am, my pictures are just all fucked up today. Yeah, they really are. They're really fucked up. We had supposed misinformation around a viable treatment, too. Hydrochloroquine. Now it's important to remember the left is their pet conspiracy theories that don't seem to ever get flagged as misinformation somehow. Like the idea that Donald Trump might have been Manchurian candidate installed by Putin. Speaking of Russia, who can forget the supposed Russian bounties conspiracy theory pushed by the entire corporate press and countless Democrats that recently fell to pieces. For some reason, this was never described as misinformation. My favorite misinformation might be Steele dossier. Despite how dubious questions were, we had countless dams of corporate media run press narrative of grounds of an orange man bad. We'll close with another misinformation that was perhaps the most consequential given its impact on the election was the Hunter Biden laptop story. You may remember the big tech campaign, the corporate press, the big tech, all pledged it was disinformation. Big tech, the corporate press, the Democrat Party have utterly failed time and time again in determining what is or isn't misinformation. If after all these errors you still want to empower the fishing trips and hypocrisy, I just don't know what to tell you. He's spot on. He's spot on. It, it just, I, I just, I just don't know what to say. I just don't know what to say. The press secretary herself is disinformation. We now know it was all bullshit and they suppressed it. We all know it. Dylan Byers, new Facebook official, adds a statement next to tweet accusing White House of using Facebook as a scapegoat of missing its vaccine goals. Official requested anonymity, but I think it's worth putting here as it may be indicated how Facebook leadership sees this issue. In private exchanges, the Surgeon General has praised our work, including our effort to inform people about COVID-19. They knew what they were doing. The White House is looking for scapegoats for missing vaccine goals. The other one... Just in, Facebook responds to Biden. They're killing people. The facts show Facebook is helping to save lives, period. We will not be distracted by accusations. 
which aren't supported by the facts. The fact is that more than 2 billion people have viewed authoritative information about COVID-19 and vaccines on Facebook, which is more than any other place on the Internet. More than 3.3 million Americans have also used their vaccine finder tool to find out where and how to get a vaccine. The facts show that Facebook is helping save lives, period. In sum, President of the United States has accused the world's most powerful social media network of killing people. The company responded by accusing the president of missing vaccine goals and passing the buck. And, of course, you know how he lined up on it. But before we go into our next vignette of the general, which, with the FBI, scares you, America First rally has been canceled by Anaheim. Four places won't let it happen. We We respect free speech, but not you. While 11,000 deaths of COVID vaccines reported to CDC. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. CDC whistleblower says COVID vaccines have already killed more Americans this year than COVID. None of that's getting out. Because they just want to control people. And this, like the mask, being rolled back out in California is just control. And when you have them doing it and generals doing this, it's fucking scary. News tonight, it was worse than we knew. What was? According to the book, I Alone Can Fix It, a tamed by CNN, General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, was so shaken after the November election, he feared that Trump and his allies might attempt a coup. He and other top officials informally planned ways to stop it. And these revelations come from these two Pulitzer Prize winning reporters at The Washington Post, Carol Leonig and Philip Rucker, in their book that chronicles Trump's final year in the White House. According to the book, Milley told his deputies, quote, they may try, but they're not going to effing succeed. You can't do this without the military. You can't do this without the CIA and the FBI. We're the guys with the guns. Here's a story we'd completely forgotten about because there are so many. Just before last November's presidential election, two former army officers wrote an open letter to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, a man called Mark Milley, who still has the job. The letter became public. It was published on a left-wing blog called Defense One, and within minutes was all over the internet. The authors of the letter had a direct order for Mark Milley, who, strictly speaking, did not report to them. Quote, if Donald Trump refuses to leave office, the letter began, the United States military must remove him by force. And you must give that order. You must remove the president by force. That was a little shocking. What country is this? Even the usual power mad partisans in the news media began to wonder if that was really a good idea. Slate.com, of all places, reminded its readers that no matter how orange Donald Trump might be, military coups generally turn out to be unwise. The Pentagon had to go on the record as opposing it, too. The rest of us could keep civilian control of our government. And what a relief that was. Within days, the story just kind of receded. Another weird footnote to a weird four years. But if you paused and thought about it for a second, you had to wonder, where did that idea even come from? Did two former U.S. military officers really just suggest removing the president of the United States by force of arms? 
Since when do American military officers talk like that or think like that? And do a lot of them have views like that? We push that consideration from our minds, but we shouldn't have. Now we know that Mark Milley himself is the sort of person who considers military coups entirely within the realm of possibility. A new book written by reporters at the Washington Post who cover Mark Milley reveals that the current chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is a legitimate extremist. He's the last person you would give power to if you could possibly help it. In the book, Milley describes Donald Trump and the millions of people who supported him as the moral equivalent of Adolf Hitler. As thousands of Trump supporters peacefully gathered in Washington for what they assumed was a constitutionally protected political rally, the kind we've had for hundreds of years shortly after the election, Milley likened them to brown shirts, that is the paramilitary wing of the Nazi party. Trump's complaints about voter fraud, Milley explained to his advisors out loud, were actually calls for genocide. This is a Reichstag moment, Milley said, the gospel of the Fuhrer. Those are quotes. Think about that. So your grandfather joined the U.S. military to go overseas to risk his life to fight the Nazis. Now the head of the U.S. military calls you a Nazi for having your grandfather's political views. What do you think of that? Keep in mind that Mark Milley is a man the media tells us is a deep intellectual, someone who reads books and stuff, not just Wikipedia. And yet this well-read man of history is comparing nearly half of our country to Adolf Hitler. And that would include, by the way, the many Hispanics in the Rio Grande Valley who voted for Trump because they agreed with him on immigration. Mark Milley isn't just your average guy with crackpot views. Mark Milley has control of nuclear weapons. Are we okay with this? The people on TV are okay with it. You read what Milley was doing and which, you know, is obeying the Constitution. It's, it's standing up to the oath that he and serving members uh, ha have taken. Uh, I mean, that's what a patriot does. General Milley and, and his team in the military um, with the courage to stand up, to realize that something was going horribly off the rails with the president of the United States. Thank goodness uh, General Milley was there and other generals, I think, all saw this guy's flaws. It, it is jaw-dropping. There's no other way around it. They may be the guys with the guns, but Milley was going to make darn sure that those guns were not used. You think of General Milley and you think of someone who chooses every word with intention hmm. and is a student of history. And to use the words he used, like Nazi and Reichstag, says a lot. <laughs> He's a student of history. They're easy to impress over on CNN. Make a reference to the Nazis and the Reichstag fire, and you must be a highbrow grad school guy. You hear someone compare his enemies to Nazis, you know he went to Princeton. Pretty funny. So we've established that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is on the same intellectual plane as the midday newsreaders on CNN. The problem is he's a lot more powerful than they are. According to the Washington Post account, Mark Milley is the reason that thousands of American soldiers occupied our capital this year ahead of Joe Biden's inauguration. Quote, we're going to put a ring of steel around this city and the Nazis aren't getting in, Milley said, referring to American citizens. A ring of steel to repel the QAnon shaman and several hundred senior citizens from Orlando with signs. This is a guy, by the way, who's paid to assess threats realistically. What countries pose a threat to the United States? Put them in order. If you think the QAnon shaman is the same as the SS, maybe you're not so good at that. Then Milley gave a speech straight out of a 1990s Bruce Willis flick, quote, everything is going to be OK. We're going to have a peaceful transfer of power. We're going to land this plane safely. This is America. It's strong. The institutions are bending, but it won't break. 
In the end, no Nazi attack ever came, much to Mark Milley's apparent disappointment. It wasn't Dunkirk. Now, you'd think that would be an embarrassment to Mark Milley. You give a speech like that and nothing happens. Some guy dressed like Chewbacca shows up. But no, he was not embarrassed. In fact, later he gave a speech, testimony to Congress, and said, apparently not referring to himself, that he understands white rage better than anyone. I do think it's important, actually. Uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders now and in the future do understand it. White rage, just a casual racial slur. These people have no self-awareness. But he tells us he spent many hours reading Robin D'Angelo and Ibram X. Kendi learning about white rage, but that white rage never came. Mark Milley was not deterred by that. Instead, soon after the election, the Post reports, quote, Milley began informally planning with other military leaders, strategizing how they would block Trump's order to use the military in a way they deemed dangerous or illegal, end quote. Now, wait a second, just pause here for a moment. Is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff the guy who's empowered by our Constitution, our democracy, to make those decisions? No, he's not. We have civilian leadership. He can't make them independently. If he disagrees, he can resign but he can't make them independently because that would be a junta. But he kept going. In early January, Nancy Pelosi pressed for specifics to Mark Milley. She wanted to know what the generals had done to help her. They wanted to know, she wanted to know that they were doing things that were illegal, taking control of the military from civilian elected leaders. And Mark Milley didn't blush. He confirmed they had done just that. Quote, ma'am, Milley told Nancy Pelosi, I guarantee you that we have checks and balances in the system. End quote. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah, they're written into the Constitution, Mr. Milley. Maybe that's not on Wikipedia. According to the Post, some of those checks and balances he referred to involved undermining the elected president's authority to choose the director of the CIA. It's interesting, by the way, a lot of focus on the CIA tells you what kind of power they have. So when the president reportedly considered firing Gina Haspel, who runs the CIA, and replacing her with a man called Cash Patel in the closing days of his administration, we now know that Milley pressured the president's chief of staff not to do that, to keep Haspel. What the hell is going on here? Milley asked Trump's chief of staff. What are you guys doing? This is lunacy. It's not how the government's supposed to work. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs should not be having that conversation, expressing those views. He should leave if he can't keep them to himself. The, that quote right there is alone grounds for Mark Milley's immediate firing from his job. No chairman of the Joint Chiefs has say over CIA appointees. No one in the military does. They can't. Talk about a threat to our system. And yet the Washington Post thinks this is fine because the president at the time was talking about election fraud, and that was inciting an insurrection. It's scary. We already know that Milley had subverted civilian control of the military long before the election even took place. On February 29th of last year, the Trump administration reached a deal with the Taliban to end U.S. military involvement in that country after only 20 years. Immediately, the Pentagon, led by Mark Milley, conspired to kill the deal, which they are not allowed to do under our Constitution, but they did it anyway. According to reporting by the Gray Zone, quote, 
With startling swiftness and determination, Pentagon officials and military leadership exploited the open-ended terms of the ceasefire to derail the implementation of the agreement. End quote. No informed person denies that happened. It did. The head of U.S. Central Command, Kenneth McKenzie, testified before Congress that the deal would be determined by, quote, conditions on the ground, meaning the decision would be made not by civilian leaders, but by the Pentagon. Again, threat to democracy, anyone? There it is. Acting unilaterally, the Pentagon launched more than 30 drone attacks and eight night raids led by special operators against the Taliban. And within weeks, the peace deal was dead. They killed it. Voters had no say in this. They operated completely independently like they run the country. A little scarier than the QAnon shaman. Ironically, preserving a peace deal with the Taliban was the same justification that Mark Milley used later in late 2020 to overrule Donald Trump's order to pull out of Afghanistan. Milley told the president it was only possible to remove half American forces there, not all. Now, no one in the media seems concerned by any of this. In fact, the Washington Post, which supports authoritarianism, is already publishing follow-up op-eds explaining that Mark Milley's a hero. There are Nazis among us, you! And therefore, we need to get rid of the filibuster. Try to follow that logic. They're also noting with approval that Mark Milley smiled at Michelle Obama when Joe Biden was inaugurated. So the question is, why is Mark Milley still in command of the U.S. military? This is not a small question. If what the Washington Post's reporters are reporting, it's a question we need to deal with right now. He's right. The guy should be 100% fired. I'm just going to do this. This is a short section because I'm just going to read you the things he said. Mark Milley compared Trump supporters to Nazi they're the same people we fought in World War II. Some had the Joint Chief pay correctly when they pointed out how the Pentagon never removed Vindman from the White House after the accusation against the Commander-in-Chief. It was a first red flag. Second red flag... Miley never engaged when Navy Secretary Richard Spencer attempted to blackmail the president over a pardon for Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher. Third red flag. <clears throat> Joint Chairman Milley SOS Mike Pompeo traveled to Mar-a-Lago in December 2019, where they informed the President Trump of the military strikes in Syria and Iraq after they took place. Fourth red flag, Colonel Douglas McGregor expressed his own suspicions about the U.S. military attack in Iraq and Syria and that paralleled our reaction. McGregor stated he believed President Trump was being intentionally and skillfully misinformed. In the big picture, it was not difficult to figure out why the Pentagon would be opposed to Trump during the Trump campaign. An early administration, President Trump expressed foreign policy was viewed by NATO alliance members as a threat. President Trump dared to tell them their Cold War mentality was outdated. Heck, the NATO members were simultaneously purchasing energy from Russia at the same time they're demanding the U.S. military protect them from Russia. Top U.S. General. Trump spread gospel of the Fuhrer. Joint Chiefs Chairman feared potential Reichstag moment. Top U.S. general warned of Reichstag moment in Trump turbulent last days. They're not going to fucking succeed. Top general feared Trump would attempt a coup after election. 
General Milley called Trump supporters Nazis. Joint chairman feared, fretted over coup attempt after Trump lost election. Donald Trump is acting like Adolf Hitler, according to Jim Acosta. New book claims General Milley urged Trump to kill Iranian General Soleimani. Now, on its face, if you're a non-Trumper and you hate him, you take this as gospel. But to date as an independent, every one of these have been lies. There was the guy that was a top-level person that said something, and they found out he worked in the director's office for budget. And was a copy boy. Everything this general said is what extreme liberals really believed. While they're still propagating the lie of January 6th. I want to go to this last one. This is this is another really horrifying part here, um, Mr. Taylor. In the book, it's reported that apparently General Milley actually went to Speaker Pelosi and said, "Hey, look, we'll make sure that Trump doesn't use the nuclear codes." That was a part of a conversation he actually had. I have to ask you so that everybody is again aware of how dangerous things were for us at that time, uh, politically and internationally. What do you think Trump was going to try to do? If he had gotten access to was, was he going to try and start a war with, with Iran or something else like that and, and, and extend his power? What on earth could the president have wanted to do with nuclear codes faced with the fact that he had been voted out by the American people? Well, one can only imagine, Jason, but I've got to assume that in Donald Trump's mind, he believed there was a, a scenario where he could deploy the United States military in such a way to deny Joe Biden from taking office. That was the fear I had a year before the election. It was a fear I had in the days after the election. But I'm going to tell you this, Jason, I've spent my whole career not as a political operative. I've never worked on a campaign in my life other than campaigning against Trump. I'm a national security guy. I've worked in national security against ISIS and Al-Qaeda and Russia. And the number one national security threat I've ever seen in my life to this country's democracy is the party that I'm in, the Republican Party. It, it- I, want to, I want to return to that, that question of process versus outcomes, because I do think there's a little bit of complacency because of the outcomes. And every time that we learn more about what happened in the run-up and on that day and vis-a-vis the U.S. military, it seems to me that you have less faith that this this was a foreordained possibility and more that we kind of got lucky. Where are you on that? Well, we got very lucky with Mike Pence. I mean, the way I see it, Chris, is we had a huge demonstration organized by the president, and inside that was another ring, which was a violent insurrection with the three presenters and the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. And inside that was the coup that Donald Trump was trying to orchestrate, targeting Mike Pence. And all they wanted Pence to do was to rebuff the electors coming in from Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania, lowering Biden's total below 270, kicking the presidential contest into a contingent election. And there they wanted it because we vote not one member, one vote, but one state 
one vote. And if they'd been able to do that, which would not have been really that much if you look at the different things Mike Pence did over the prior four years for Trump, they would have won it with 27 states to 22 for the Democrats and one tied. And at that point, he probably would have followed the advice of Mike, Michael Flynn and imposed martial law in a state of siege. And uh, this would have been the Reichstag moment of basically declaring, look, the Democrats can't control all of the chaos and the insurrection that Trump had unleashed against us. So the way I see it, Chris, is January 6th was not the end of something, unfortunately. It was the beginning of something. And we have to get very serious about domestic violent extremism and their friends in the Republican Party. So I don't want to just skate past what you just said, because you have articulated precisely the alternate history that I find most awful to contemplate. And I almost don't say it out loud because I don't want to call it into being or plant the idea in anyone's head. But since you said it, there's no if if Pence had gotten up there that day and say I'm rejecting them, there's no recourse. I, I, they, they, they would just steal it. I mean, that's the craziest thing. And I don't want to give Michael Pence, who's, you know, debased himself in a million ways, too much credit here. But like, that's what I'm hearing from you. And that's my understanding as well, which is a kind of stomach dropping realization to come to. It's an extraordinary thing. And nobody has yet been able to explain why exactly Vice President Pence did the right thing in upholding the constitutional order on that day. But it was a very thin thread that we were resting on. And we really would have devolved into complete chaos uh, at that point. Obviously, the House would have voted to object and sustain an objection about what the vice president had done. But had he gone with Trump's plan, he would have unilaterally asserted an unreviewable power just to reject those electors. And it's constitutionally absurd, but there would have been enough of a patina of a legitimate argument that they could have said that was within the realm of normal discourse. In the meantime, he's unleashed the mob and uh, all of these stormtroopers uh, against Congress. People would have been fleeing and it would have been a complete nightmare. And I, I think that we do need to follow through on precisely what you're suggesting, which is what would have happened had Kevin McCarthy and Donald Trump and Jim Jordan gotten their way. We covered this last show. QAnon. They're still talking about QAnon. He's talking about martial law. U.S. Army and surveillance gear to monitor Americans and identify emerging threats. The Texas family. This whole thing breaks it down. I can't play it because I couldn't get it. Liz Cheney talking shit. Still, because it's political. It's all political. That family's still in jail for walking through the Capitol. Ted Lieu. They're still going after anybody who dare say it wasn't an insurrection. They're in jail. They're in jail. I just want everybody to remember, they trespassed an entire family, including a minor, in jail. Leftists claim Capitol riot was worse than 9-11. Victims say otherwise. 
The Capitol cover-up. Release the tapes. They won't cover anything. The government cased against a white supremacist. It's another one of those articles. He wasn't a white supremacist. He got trespassing. Inside the re-education program, one lawyer is teaching the Capitol rioters. Several participants of the January 6th riot at U.S. Capitol have been taking part in one attorney's re-education program, which involves reading books or watching movies about topics like slavery, the Holocaust. Heather Shainer, one of the most one of the many U.S. D.C. attorneys assigned to represent riot defendants who can't afford their own, spoke to HuffPo. Of course she did. In June, about the remedial social studies program she's offering to clients. Shainer said she normally sends clients books to read before the trial, but added that she wanted to take more intensive approach. They're a captured audience, and it's life-changing for a lot of them, she said. Reading books and then watching these shows is like a revelation. I think that educates a very powerful tool. This week, a 49-year-old woman from southern Indiana will be first defendant since connection with the January 6th attack. She's also the first graduate of the pop-up remedial history initiative. Her lawyer is running the January 6th defendants. Anyone who believes January 6th was an insurrection is an idiot. Buck Sexton. There should be a limit to how much stupidity the American people have to endure from the Democratic Party. Their ongoing obsession with the rowdy crowd of January 6th has crossed over into pathological. Pelosi and her clownish minions in Congress don't need a select committee to investigate. They need a heavy dose of anxiety medication, which is so fucking true. So true. You cannot watch a summer of... I'm going to go with three billion because I've seen two. I've seen six whole cities raised. And you're saying some people that walked in the Capitol are worse than the Civil War, 9-11, and everything else. Really? Are you sure? Is, is this where you want to go? Because last I checked, nah, that ain't a thing. This right here should anger any American. And it's part of this fascist thing and misinformation because the racial overtones and everything and the requirements of the LGBTQEIEIO crowd, yeah, that's pretty fascist too. As supporters of the Cuban protesters in Miami continue their demonstrations, it's raising some new scrutiny of a law that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed back in April. That law was in response to the Black Lives Matter protests. Well, the law was brought into effect in response to Black Lives Matter, and it said in the 61 pages really clearly that if people went onto a major thoroughfare or street, a highway, and closed it down, they would be subject to arrest and it would be a felony arrest. So now let's take a look at the pictures this week. 
on the Palmetto Highway in Miami, a major thoroughfare which was shut down for more than six hours by those Cuban Americans in support of those on the island. What was not applied was this anti-riot law. So let's meet and remain steadfast, steadfast in speaking truth, tearing down double standards, and refuting double talk. Let's not allow any double downing on lies. Let's prepare our children for a world they deserve. Let's deny this off-key band of people that are anti-education, anti-teacher, anti-equity, anti-history, anti-racial reckoning, anti-opportunities, anti-health people, anti-diversity, anti-platform, anti-science, anti-change agent, anti-social justice, anti-healthcare, anti-worker, anti-LGBTQ+, anti-children, anti-healthcare, anti-worker, anti-environment, anti-emissions policy change, anti-inclusion, anti-live and let live people. Let them die. Don't let these uncomfortable people on the heels of last year's racial reckoning over how the nation's racial history is going to be taught in our schools. We welcome ABC's Alex Prochet to Nightline with this report. You need to be arrested. Across the country, Enough. Enough. school board meetings have turned into battlegrounds. Now. The meeting had to be paused at one point due to an outburst in the audience. People were screaming, they were cursing, they were throwing things at the school board. As parents, teachers, and administrators clash over the use of critical race theory to teach about racism. Both my eight-year-old and my 16-year-old sons have been targets of racial hate. And efforts to make education more equitable for all. Critical race theory is an academic framework that was created over 40 years ago to explore how America's history of racism and white supremacy is still embedded in its institutions. Black lives matter! 
The debate reignited during the racial reckoning that followed the death of George Floyd. Flames further fanned by former President Trump before the 2020 election. This is a Marxist doctrine holding that America is a wicked and racist nation. And Republican lawmakers across the country have joined the fray. The Democratic Party had doubled down on what I consider this shameful history by replacing the racism of the past with the racism of the critical race theory. A whiteness The controversy fueled by conservative media. This is a toxic ideology. Fox News alone has mentioned critical race theory over 1,800 times this year up from 132 in 2020. Critical race theory has become a catch-all, a real boogeyman under which we can kind of lump ideas of race and racism, but also under which we can censor, broadly censor, any kind of conversation around race, around racism, around inequality, around diversity. Perhaps nowhere else has the issue of race and education been more explosive than Loudoun County, Virginia. Programming and explains that the people behind the scenes have been trying to make this happen for years and are not stopping anytime soon. Not a shocker there. Quote, the rise of gender diverse representation isn't a coincidence. Insider reports, quote, shows created and run by queer women, trans and non-binary showrunners are largely responsible for the influx of non-binary and trans characters in kids animation. Once again, not a shocker there. If you hire a bunch of people because of diversity quotas, those people who are quote unquote diverse are going to try to bring in more people and put more content in that is representative of their identity. So not not too much of a surprise there, but it goes on. It says, according to GLAD, which is the, quote, Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, according to their most recent report, and they do this annual report every year, about 10% of the characters in TV shows and movies today are part of the LGBT community. Now, if you look at the percentages across the nation of people who identify as LGBTQ, it's about 3 to 4% of the entire country. So you have this massive overrepresentation to begin with, triple the representation of the country. But GLAD, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, is not happy with this percentage. We have an article that we linked to from the Wall Street Journal where last year, GLAD demanded that the TV industry more than double this number to 25% by 2025. And right now we're seeing this tidal wave of gay representation washing over children's TV shows with the 200% increase in LGBTQ characters and stories between 2017 and 2019 alone. It's all intertwined. So Cuban people need to go to fucking hell. Let them die. Nightline attacking people. And the insane amount of gay stuff that is being forced down our children's necks daily. But this UN thing is probably one of the worst things I've ever seen. And it's all so that they can continue to push the lie. Here's a representative doing a lie. Protesting for black women's rights to vote. When can't they vote? This is Black Lives Matter, folks. This is what they said when Castro died. I, I just want to... This was years ago. The plot thickens. Let's not forget about this. This BLM co-founder and pro-communist, imagine the far-right demonstrators were laying seeds to American cities for months. They did. Five Loudoun County 
describe where they're at. Most of them are the same as everybody else. We're just sick of it. We're just sick of our kids coming home confused because they're told that they're racist pieces of fucking shit. And then you have this racist rolling around. Shaka, you never guess what 1619 Project founder Nicole Hannah-Jones claims solved racism in Cuban. Cuba is poor. Cuba is communist. Cuba violates human rights and represses dissent. Education is a cornerstone of the revolution, she wrote. She praised the communist country's education with health care systemic our system saying the latter is particular is a world model. Black Cubans especially are wary of outsiders wishing to overthrow the Castro regime. They admit the revolution has been imperfect, but it also led to the end of codified racism and brought universal education and access to jobs to black Cubans. Without the revolution, they wonder where they would be. Under the communist revolution, where are they now? They're in the streets fighting for freedom. Some of them have been arrested for speaking their minds. After all, unauthorized public gatherings are illegal in Cuba. Funny how communism works that way. Robin D'Angelo, another one of these cultists. She's never censored. Stop smiling so much. I've heard black people talking about the awkwardness of white people over smiling. A friend describes going to a Whole Foods and feeling exhausted by the pressure to validate all the over-solicitous white people making a point of smiling at her when they just want to get her errands done and get home. She understood that the act was meant to convey acceptance and approval, but what it actually conveyed to her was a way for white people to maintain moral integrity in the face of racial anxiety. Over-smiling allows white people to mask an anti-blackness that is foundational to over very existence as white. Our fleeting benevolence has no relation to how black people are actually undermined in white spaces. Some black friends have told me that they prefer open hostility to niceness. They understand open hostility and can protect themselves as needed, but the deception of niceness adds a confusing layer that makes it difficult to decipher trustworthy allyships from deciduous white liberalism. Niceness masks controversy and oppresses differences. Robin D'Angelo, Nice Racism, How Progressive White People Perpetrate Racial Harm. We're doing this now. I mean, they didn't learn that the crowds didn't like it and the viewership went down, but they don't care because they're just doubling down on the woke. Just double down on the woke. Teacher defends showing masturbation videos to first graders. Last fall, it was discovered that a teacher at Dalton School was showing cartoon videos of masturbation to first graders. After parents caught window when the teacher was showing their five and six year old, the teacher, Justin Ann Font, resigned from the school. One of the several videos the teacher used is one of the sex ed classes showed little kids talking about touching themselves for pleasure. Fonte's lesson was the first graders also included subjects such as gender assignment at birth, gender identity, and gender expression. Initially, after parents complained to the school administration, they were told they had simply misinterpreted the health and wellness educator. In a statement, a representative for Dalton said that Ms. Font helped to develop an exemplary K-12 health and wellness program and that her work should not be overshadowed by unwarranted misinformation and hateful rhetoric. Somebody asked in that screed about whether 
they're getting with Amazon. And this is why. This is this is why. They have a problem with everything and they want it all censored. Apologizes for not burning books saying boys and girls are different. An American Bookseller Association apologized on Wednesday for including a book that harms uh, about the harms that come with allowing gender-confused children to transition. ABBA first labeled Abigail Schreier's book, Irreversible Damage, the Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters, as anti-trans after receiving backlash on the social media. In response, the association apologized for committing the inexcusable crime of promoting literacy, offering an alternative perspective. This is a serious violation and incident that goes against ABBA's end policy value and everything we believe and support. Don't burn us down. We apologize to our trans members and trans community. This terrible incident and the pain we caused them. We have apologized for the LGA blah, blah, blah community at large. The company went on to conclude that apologies are not enough and that moving forward, the people at ABBA are committed to engaging in the critical dialogue and need to inform concrete steps to address the harm we caused. The apology, while filled with regret mixed with extreme claims about the book, did not appear to be enough for the mob who pressured the association into initiating another groveling statement on Wednesday night about the inclusion of Schreier's book and another racist incident where the association confused right-wing extremist Candace Owens' book, Blackout, with another novel. That happened, too. A serious, violent incident. That's what they said. Violent. A book that says stuff you don't agree with is violence. But touching someone's store is speech. It's black, guano, insane stuff. Especially when you get with it, it's racist to put a black woman on its cover. But it's... Everywhere. This cult is everywhere. And the misinformation that you just wake up one day and decide you want to be a different sex. Well, yeah. Okay. Emoji 14.1 is to be finalized in September 21. Here's the latest draft list. Yeah, that's a pregnant man with a mustache or soon coming to your emojis. The nachos were good, but that's what it looks like as he's touching his stomach. I'm honestly pretty excited to use this every time I've had too much to eat. Are you sure? I use that one after I go East Side Mario and ate too much. Or fat man with mustache emoji. Bias CBS reporter quits now free. To be candid about her abortion views, which we covered on the show, and they were pretty extreme. Kate Smith announced on Thursday that she quit her job at CBS News. The astonishingly neutral journalist and previously described her beat on her Twitter profile as covering abortion access, but based on her coverage, we all knew what she meant. Proof that the media are left-wing activists, Media Research President Brent Zozell tweeted, is anyone dumb enough to believe she was promoting baby killing while covering the topic? Her tweet, 
I quit my job at CBS News covering the beat like reproductive rights. It's such a legendary institution. It's been an amazing experience. Thank you to the people that made it possible. My talented colleagues and the courageous people have trusted me to share their stories. Now that I'm not a reporter, I can be candid about my own opinions on reproductive rights. I'll say this. With or without Roe v. Wade, access to abortion is disappearing across the South and Midwest for low-income women. And it's happening more or less under the radar. It's a pivotal moment for abortion rights and one that deserves a lot of coverage and our attention. Editors, I know there's a reader and viewer fatigue when it seems like a million six-week ban, but it's still major news and ought to be covered. Are you a TV reporter covering reproductive issues in the South and Midwest? I'm leaving news and would love to give you my wardrobe. DM me. It's stupid trolls like you that make covering the beat so difficult for reporters. It's so difficult. Hmm. Gossip Girl reboot features students cruising in gay bathhouse with teachers. The Wonder Years. It's going to be an African-American family. We covered this last time. Not my idea. That's getting rammed down kids' throats. It's, it, whiteness is the devil. Conservative act is opposed We did this last time. Critical race theory is an academic framework covered on the idea that racism is systemic and not just de- demonstrated by individual people. In Lynchburg here, they filled the community pool back in the 60s rather than integrate it. And they go after the people that did it. Anybody. You can't. And if you're a Christian, court rules against university that targeted Christian groups saying they were hard-pressed to find a more blatant example of discrimination. We haven't even rectified What happened to churches for a year, but stripper poles could be occupied? We haven't even done it. We haven't. So here is some more violence that is ignored because it's the right kind. That's all about the spa because people are protesting, but they don't have the right to protest. And Anifa's beating them the fuck down.
It's been going on for weeks. We don't cover that. We're still talking about QAnon and Proud Boys and all those scary right-wing boogaloo brothers and all that shit. Is this misinformation? Shark advocates demand rebranding shark attacks as shark interactions. Then you have this winner, winner, chicken dinner. Can the Black Rifle Coffee Company become Starbucks of the right? The company doubled its sales last year by leaning into American culture wars. It's also trying to distance itself from some of the new customers. But in here, they have to do the same thing. Oh, yeah, we're not, we're not into racists either. We're not about races. It, it is not a glowing, it's not glowing. It's their bad. Because you're not like Starbucks. And then you get this fucking shit. What the fuck is that? Story for the post-millennial. How did you first hear about yeah. this crazy incident? I actually follow a number of gender-critical feminists who are in the UK who have been fighting against this kind of thing, as well as, um, you know, transgender ideological indoctrination of their kids. And that's where this popped up. This actually happened at a library uh, in London, the Redbridge Library. And it is really shocking to see a rainbow dildo butt monkey dancing around to promote children's literacy. It was part of the libraries in the summer. They often do summer reading challenges and kids are invited to read a bunch of books. And this this person in in a rainbow dildo butt monkey costume was promoting literacy and dancing around for kids. It's shocking, as you said, that library apologized after there were comments online from outraged parents, but they promoted this video. You can see the guy, he goes out into the street, he waves a big sign with a strawberry character, you know, somebody in a strawberry costume and someone in like a lizard costume, totally normal looking costumes. And then there's this guy, intentionally shaking the dildo around as it flops about between his legs to promote children's literacy. And it's just unbelievable. And that the library apologized saying they didn't mean to offend. It's, it's amazing that they didn't mean to offend when all that was there was something monstrously offensive. This would be offensive in a book reading that you went to as an adult, right? To like go hear an author read. If this happened, you'd be like, oh my goodness, why am I here? I didn't know I was at a bizarre strip club type event. I didn't know I was you know, going to be like uh, visibly dealing with this. Um, could you imagine taking your child to a literacy event at your local library only to find this? And I think what you were saying is correct. These are grooming type of incidents. And I think a lot of it comes, too, from this idea that we have of uh, in our culture, we have made everything equivalent. It's as though with the advent of um, all of these new ideologies, we're not supposed to be able to make any judgments. We're not supposed to be able to bring, for example, any sort of moral values to bear because moral values are offensive. But rainbow dildo butt monkeys are great. So... And, and see, and that's why they also want to get rid of objective morality or objective yeah. reality, really, because as you're yeah. saying, everyone goes, even I, as you said, if I was I as an adult, if I went to a library for some event and that's when I saw uh, I'm not joking, I would honestly be traumatized, not just you, that's gross, yeah. but I'd be traumatized because that's deeply disturbing to someone, you know, for my morals and everything, and my sensitivities. But I couldn't imagine being a young kid and trying to 
understand what it is that you're seeing. And especially, I just, it's, it's mind-blowing. But as you said, the, the libraries, they're, they're apologizing, but it seems like more it's a CYA-type apology uh, because they obviously knew right. what they're doing since the beginning. So talk to me maybe a little bit about the group that they were booking through because if you go on their own media websites, apparently this Rainbow Monkey outfit has been a thing that they've trotted out to all sorts of events in the past. Yeah, when I actually went to their website, it was down. I couldn't find their website. It had been 404 uh, but yeah, that's part of what they do. They bring out the strawberry, the gecko, and the rainbow butt monkey man to uh, promote these kind of events. They seem to do an awful lot of events with big costumes and dancing in the street that seem relatively innocuous or uh, spectaculars, you know, these like spectacular type theater events. But this is, uh, this is just truly shocking. And there was a video as well that you could see and the video had been taken down. So one of the women that I follow in the UK had left, had screen recorded it and we pulled it from there. But the, the man runs out of the library, uh, dildo first, you know, like the, just front and center. And then the kind of dance that he's doing is in order to flaunt that with cars coming by. I couldn't imagine what the library was thinking in bringing this in to kids and arts groups. I'm an art, you know, I'm an artist. I used to work in the arts all of the time. And this is never the kind of thing that we would have done. I worked with an arts company that did educational programming. Uh, no, never, nothing like this. And it was an experimental theater company. They would do weird stuff at night. But when You're it was not the kids' this. turn, it was Goldilocks. You know, it was not this. It was, it was not this. Uh, but we've abandoned everything. We've abandoned our fairy tales our moral plays, we've abandoned all manner of religion. And this is what we're left with, some kind of bizarre worship of the most perverted sexual self that we can fathom. What? Parent discussed his actor in rainbow-colored monkey costume with a fake pe- penis and nipples appears at a library event encouraging children to read. Redbridge Library set up an event and has since apologized for the costume. Full investigation has now been launched. Labor Council Jonathan apologized. Rainbow-colored monkey dildo. Yeah, that's okay. We don't have any problems with that. And, and once again... If you call it out, you're the racist. You're homophobe. And since we're talking about misinformation and stuff, Vagina Museum. Here's some really easy changes you can include in your language. Instead of sanitary products, say menstrual products. Instead of feminine hygiene products, say period products. Instead of becoming a woman, say starting puberty. Instead of woman health, say reproductive health or gynecological health, whatever you prefer. Instead of women and girls, say people who menstruate or people who have periods. How about no? Thank you, Front Hole Museum. This is the world where they get to tell you what to say. Today... It's you can't say that there's people dying from the vaccine, which is a true statement. Tomorrow is you can't say woman. That's why the White House working 
with the administration or with Facebook is horrible. It's just horrible. So let's do our This Is America. We're going to have ABC covering up Cuomo. We're going to have CNN praising the Dems, which I didn't cover today. Rule saying she wants to live in a Barbie dream house. Tubin wanting a Supreme Court justice to retire. Is that misinformation? This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. It's time for the worst soundbite. When the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says, This is America. 2021. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo scheduled to be interviewed tomorrow as the state attorney general's office winds down its investigation into sexual harassment and misconduct allegations against the governor. Several women have accused Cuomo of unwanted kisses, groping and inappropriate sexual remarks. Cuomo has apologized for making people feel uncomfortable, but has repeatedly denied that he did anything wrong. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is due to be questioned tomorrow as part of the investigation of sexual harassment allegations. A source familiar with the state attorney general's probe tells CBS News this doesn't necessarily mean the inquiry is wrapping up. Several women, including former aides, accuse the three term. Uh, I've been on the elections committee in the Texas legislature for four years. I would say I'd suggest the senator needs to read the bill. It uh, criminalizes uh, poll watcher. It criminalizes precinct workers. We all know those are the retirees who, who do the work of running the elections. Criminalizes them for not following procedure. It tells people that you work in a Houston refinery or at a plant in Samsung. We're not going to adjust our early vote times to give you some overnight times when you're working three shifts. Uh, counties tried to do something creative, especially during a pandemic, and the legislature for no good reason has clamped down on that on that government creativity to help people vote. We should be helping people vote. Why are we doing this? There's no coincidence um, that um, 11 million Texans voted. It was a record turnout for us. We need to do much better. But that was that was their response. So you and your colleagues met today. I know representative with Democratic senators. Yeah. And you're trying to get them to pass federal voting rights legislation. The reality is, of course, as we all know, they simply do not have the numbers to do that right now. Did they say anything that made you think that that could change, that they could actually pass a national voting rights bill? We're very pragmatic in Texas, Aaron. Um, we do not know the ways of Washington. So our message was, uh, you know, we love our Tex-Mex food in, in, in Texas. If you can't get the combination plate, at least give us the rice and beans. Let's see what we can get done. Something like um, online voter registration, uh, eliminating or lowering those criminal standards for just retirees who are trying to work a poll. There's a bunch of good things in there in which there is support. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's not, let's not uh, hold back on moving forward at this historic time. State after state is going to be doing redistricting maps later this year. It's really important that we make sure that we correct this now. We can't wait. The Texas legislature and the Texas Democrats in particular, we're sacrificing our, our, a lot personally, uh, financially. But there is an interesting, help me understand the mind of the Democrat here on this level. You're going to Washington to basically tell the Democrats in the Senate, listen, 
forget the filibuster. You got to blow it up and pass this because it's too important. And yet you're kind of availing yourself of the same remedy on the state level. You're a minority and you are gumming up the works because you are afraid of what will happen if you go there and the votes predominate. So aren't you asking on the federal level for them to take away the exact kind of tool that you are using right now to stop something from happening in Texas? I mean, what options are we left with here? Hi there, I'm Stephanie Rule. It is Thursday, July 15th, a good day to check your accounts because for millions and millions of American families, there are some brand new money in the bank. I'm talking about the new expanded child tax credit payments from the government. Moms and dads getting hundreds, in some cases, thousands of dollars for their families. President Biden getting a great opportunity to show that his administration is providing real help to Americans who need it. There is a lot more where that came from, potentially, as we speak. Democrats have packed $3.5 trillion, with a T, dollars worth of help into what would be the single biggest and most expensive bill ever passed through Congress if, and that's a big if, they can get it passed. I want to bring in some experts on all of this. NBC's Mike Memoli at the White House, Leanne Caldwell on Capitol Hill, and Politico's White House correspondent Eugene Daniels, co-author of the Politico Playbook. Leanne, let's start with you. This is the kind of spending bill that could break record records. It has the child tax credit. It has free pre-K. It has expanded Medicare benefits, clean energy. It is the Barbie dream house of improvements to the human condition we all want to live in that Barbie dream house, but how are we? Now, with all respect to Pat Leahy, Pat Leahy is quite old. He is the senior senator from uh, from Vermont. If if he would have to resign, there's a Republican governor in um, in Vermont who would appoint his successor. So, you know, the, the window for him to leave is extremely small and to, to assure a Democratic replacement. You know, maybe Joan, you know, maybe he'll leave next year. But who knows what the story will be next year b- before the midterms? I mean, you know, he is he is gambling with the future of the Supreme Court. And, you know, Ruth Ginsburg lost that gamble. We'll see what happens with Stephen. Breyer. D- does Breyer know this, Joan? Will he reconsider <laughs> next year? Uh, he's he has you know, he's watched all this. He obviously was with at the side of Ruth Bader Ginsburg as she uh, kept rejecting uh, pleas to step down. And she almost made it. You know, she uh, she died, obviously, in September, and her replacement came on just days before President uh, Trump lost the election. Uh, but he's, I think in his mind, he, he probably thinks he has until next year because, you know, on paper, the Senate should stay Democratic majority until, until at least the midterms. So he would have that. And I know that uh, lots of liberals think that's a risk. But, you know, heck, this is a lifetime appointment uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, he was he was a junior justice for 11 years, uh, nearly a record. And then he spent the last 10 years uh, number two to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. This is a new experience he has uh, being the senior liberal, having more influence uh, in the justices private sessions. And and he he obviously wants to seize that. And maybe he'll seize it just for one more year, which is making lots of people nervous. But uh uh, I think I think he'll at least get this next year out and then we'll probably go through a version of what we've gone through this spring uh, in 2022. Well, what other job do we say that 82 year olds shouldn't retire? I mean, come on. I mean, it's just, you know, 82 is not the new anything. 82 is old. <laughs> 
He's been it's on the court. Senate. He's oh, been on the court. Senate, Jeffrey. He's been on the court since 1994. No one's shoving him off prematurely. I mean, what is it with these justices that they can't say, you know what? I've been here for 20 years, 30 years. It's time to go. Jeffrey, yeah. when you, in 30 years, when we are getting analysis from you, <laughs> will you change your tune, sir? <laughs> I'm just trying to. But that's all okay. All of this is okay. And if you don't see it's all okay, you're the problem. But I say, as Greg Gutfeld said very eloquently, as we started this show with the White House working with social media to suppress free speech, any sane person would say hell no to this. Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. Best word. And despite the backlash and concerns, it could lead to a crackdown on speech. Zaki doubling down during a clash with our very own Peter Ducey. For how long has the administration been spying on people's Facebook profiles looking for vaccine misinformation? Well, that was quite a loaded and inaccurate question, um, which I would refute. Well, Peter, first of all, as you know, we're in, we're in a regular touch with with a range of media outlets. And we as the as, as let me finish. Box, as we are as we are in regular touch with social media platforms. The big concern, though, I think, for a lot of people on Facebook is that now this is Big Brother watching you. They're more concerned about that than people dying across the country because of a, a pandemic where misinformation is traveling on social media platforms. And Joe Biden had this very strong reaction. On what's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, it really, they really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And, that, and, they're, and they're killing people. All right, so Jessica, if you're a government official, you can crack down on free speech and just say, hey, I'm saving lives, saving lives. We're going to take away your First Amendment, saving lives. I don't really see how this is cracking down on the First Amendment because they're everything that's- They're getting people nuked off Facebook? No, well, they're not actually. So the study that Jen Psaki cited uh, was publicly available. It was published actually in May. It's covered by a range of outlets that said that there were 12 main accounts that were spreading 65% of the disinformation about COVID-19. We can all Google. I did Google it. That's for us to see. Okay. Facebook, you, when you post on Facebook, you do. I don't have an account, but if I did, I would post, and right. it would be public. And there could be people in the government. There could be people, people in private organizations like social media companies that have a responsibility to keep people as safe as possible. And COVID disinformation do does get people killed. Think doesn't matter. that the White House should be in charge of labeling what's disinformation? Because I don't, the White House, Joe Biden, the Democratic Party has a horrible track record when it comes to what disinformation is. I'm not sure that they have that much of a track record. They've only been in for a few oh, well, months. I mean, I said the uh, Democrats too. Lab leak, open borders. Uh, okay, either way. Laptop. Sending a, sending a memo. Russian to... hoax. Let me All of that was disinformation. Let, oh, let me just put a hypothetical out and then Greg can answer. Greg, so let's just say President here, Trump. Right? <laughs> we weren't getting anywhere. Let's say President Trump, okay, a couple years ago, colluded with Facebook to crack down on People posting about the Russia hoax. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what? CNN's posting about the Russia hoax. It's disinformation. It's tearing the country apart. Let's nuke them. What do you think the media would have said then? 
they were gone crazy. And that's right. actually a really good analogy. I, I interrupted it. I said it doesn't matter. None of this matters. Once the government is involved with a, a, corpor a corporation, that's a violation of the First Amendment. That's what's happening. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter if you believe it's misinformation. It doesn't matter because it's for misinformation. Every opinion could be misinformation by your definition. That's what the First Amendment is, coming out and, and saying your opinion. I don't trust this government. I'm, and I, I do trust you, Jessica, but I don't trust most Democrats in defining what misinformation is, to, to Jesse's point. I mean, imagine the people, look at it from our perspective. Imagine the people who spent decades calling us stupid, rubes, and racists, are now in charge of controlling the spread of information by using the word misinformation. Any sane person would say hell no. But we don't even have to say hell no. We can say we're totally wrong. It doesn't matter. This is a violation of the First Amendment. If you, you, you can use the misinformation uh, against any, let's say, Republican conservative argument. A defense of law enforcement, well, you want blacks to die. Your defense of capitalism, you want the poor to die, right? A defense of school choice, you want teachers to die. Anything could be based on the fact that these people are going to die so we can control the information. That's why you have to stop it now. It's, they're they're, they're going to use this argument. They're killing people to control you. And there'll be times when the information comes out and it's wrong and it'll be wrong on the left and it'll be wrong on the right. That doesn't matter. The collusion is what matters. Here's what I. Th so let's tie the loose ends. We have them censoring misinformation and just a short list because all of a sudden my Surface Pro decided to work again um, and just turned on. So whatever. Russia, phone call, Trump caused the riot, no masks, masks, three masks, Delta variant, uh, vaccines, I'm not doing it because it's Trump's vaccine, to you got to do it, Tuskegee, that, that was in there. So we have the, the media and MSM from its inception have been liberal. After 2016, we see Google, Facebook saying we could have changed the election, but we fucked up. So we can push the electorate 69% and we're going to do it. And then the media just chucking all pretense that they're supposed to be unbiased and they go all in for dams all the time. That's their mantra. That's what they're going to do. But we never knew even though we've seen them at meetings and their attitude is left because only righties get suspended. We never knew they were working together, and then you see it, and it's going with the Department of Defense. Defense is doing it. The FBI is telling you to rat on your families. The Postal Service is going through people's social media. That came out. You can't talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. You can't talk about anything about the election or else you get suspended. You can't talk about the Wuhan lab, even though they called it the Wuhan virus. And now we're finding out it probably came from the lab, which is what people said forever. But social media, the media, you are Nazi. How do you rectify all that and not say they're the fascist? How? How can you even, as a never-Trumper who didn't want Trump elected, say, this is better? 
How is this better? This is straight up garbage fire. The very people who screamed about fascism are the fascists. And they're doing it every day. Because if you tie in just what I just said, and then you put critical race theory, gay LGBT stuff, sweet googly goo, that's a lot of suppression. Because you can't say that shit. Corporations are linked in. You got to have neutral bathrooms, even though it's already showing it's not for the transgender people. It's for the perverts. So now if you say anything, it's either censored, not covered on the news. You're called a Nazi by the fucking chief of staff of the army. What the fuck? You can lose your job for misgendering for 0.06% of the country. My last three shows, I did not plan to do the second two. But they just keep putting it out there. They are the fascist, is what I have said since I grabbed my first Samson mic. Well, actually, my phone. And I talked in my phone. Then a Samson mic. For all those that have listened, I've said they're the fascist. They project everything they say you're doing. They're doing it. I'm not mega. I'm not GOP. But as an independent American who believes in freedom of speech, that being I don't give a fuck what you say, you're able to say it. If you're on that side of the road saying the exact opposite of me, that's America. When you can't argue your position you get liberal fascist America. They can't argue their positions anymore. They have nothing really to show. All they know is if they call you a racist over and over, you'll shut up. And when that doesn't work for the very brave people, because I've, I've said my entire life, it ain't brave going with the crowd. It's brave going against the crowd. Well, those people, we're just going to suspend them. Because as Pasaki said, if you're suspended on Facebook, you shouldn't be able to go anywhere. Because we said so. To our lighter fare. Don't start with me right now, okay? I'm not in the mood. You don't have to be in the mood. Just listen. Or we can watch TV. I mean, how can you not watch TV when the whole world is going nuts? See, look, another breaking news alert. It's almost like they're deliberately forcing us to stay glued to our TVs. I mean, how is it that one person can create such a mess? Well, a lot of people didn't like the last eight years. Okay, but at least your bad guy was a good guy. And more importantly, he was attractive. It's always the pretty people that cause the trouble. Are you enjoying making fun of me? Yes, I am. As a matter of fact. Come on, listen. Politicians, politics always change. Sometimes it's my guys. Sometimes it's your morons. Okay, but it is way worse now. And this is the world that my son is going to have to grow up in. Not if you keep giving him fried chicken. 
Please don't block the TV, come Mike. On, come on, come on. I have a daughter and a grandson that needs you to think less about this and more about them. I think about them all no, the time. No, you don't. Yes, all I you do, do which is what drives me crazy because there's nothing I can do about it. Because you can't change the world. But there's certain small things you can do to control your own life, like okay. this. Give me this. Watch this. Look, watch. Oh. <laughs> this is weird. I can still hear it in my head. Give yourself a break. Go somewhere. There's a march on Saturday. How about something relaxing? <laughs> Protest yoga. It wasn't aware they had such a thing, but that's... <laughs> that sounds great. I think the video's a hanger on that, but you heard the audio, and it goes really well. I truly believe in my heart and hearts. They start this rhetoric because they want to win elections, but over time, you keep repeating things over and over, you start to believe them. It's the same argument Never Trumpers made against Trump people who said the election was stolen. A few Trump people did a bad thing. The left has been doing a bad thing since 2016. Generals who are supposed to be the even keel, nonpartisan people believed he was Hitler, his followers are Hitler. And there was going to be a rice tag. You only get that way through this unadulterated brainwashing that we get in school, social media, MSM. It's everywhere. You can't get away from the left's rhetoric. And it's dangerous. That's why people shoot up baseball diamonds. That's why a guy most likely went to Vegas and killed country music players, because we don't even care what happened to him, who he was. It just went away. That's why Ashley Babbitt gets shot in the face unarmed because she walked through a window when she just got passed by four people with full battle armor on and AR-15s. That's why people believed Russia. That's why people believe Trump was going to do a coup. They talked about a coup since 2017. So, of course, people believed it. It was on repeat every night on CNN. He will have to be drug away and perp-walked. Not only did they say that, but they fantasized about watching him get perp-walked. That's why we impeached him twice, because even though the phone call chose to be a true thing and it was a normal thing to try to get them to do the right thing, we impeached him because it was he was doing something wrong. That's why people believe he organized the insurrection. That's why they called it an insurrection. They believe the people on Fox News are talking about vaccine problems want to kill people because those people are evil. See, when one side just demonizes the other one for opinions, it's an easy leap to say they're murderers. We have said Trump has killed everybody. He was the COVID virus. Yeah, we never found out who got Hope Hicks infected, and that's an attack on the presidency, and I guarantee you my left testicle, if somebody gave Biden a disease, the media would want to know Who infected the person that infected him? The reality is, they hate us. We might look at the dildo rainbow monkey and go, what the fuck? But I don't hate that person. We might look at AOC and Maxine Waters and go, those are evil motherfuckers. I don't hate them. I disagree with them. But the left hates 
people that don't agree with them. They want to punish them. They want to burn them down. That's why it was an easy leap to burn whole cities. That's why it's an easy leap to, you can't apologize for the book. You must repent. That's why it's an easy leap that lawyers are doing re-education camps for people who trespassed. But there's no re-education camp for murderers, arsonists, people who destroyed whole cities. We don't care. We will never make them repent for what they did because repenting's racist unless you're conservative. When you hate people, you want to hurt those people and you believe the worst of those people. The left is what they say they hate. They're bigots and they're fascists. So yes, I'm pretty pissed off about the Facebook, but I'm not surprised. Since 2016, everything has been an existential threat. And if you think that threat's going to go away in 2022 or 2024, and you think that the implied, if you don't elect our guy, will burn down cities, isn't going to happen then you weren't paying attention last year when they burned down fucking cities. That brown shirt for the left is a tool. That's why not a single media member nor a single Democrat condemned that action. They promoted it and they bailed them out, including your vice president. They know They don't have ideas that America agrees with because they fight everything America agrees with because they think they're better and smarter and they tell you how to live. But they know fear works. That's why every proposal by the right is racist to get black people to vote. Every proposal by the right is stripping people and won't let them have gay marriage. Not a true thing, but that's what they push. Everything's an existential threat. And when that doesn't work, you just go... We will burn your city unless you do what we say. And that, my friends, is fascism, authoritarianism. The very things they said the last guy was, but never did. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Share this with family and friends. And go to FopPodcast.com to get this show, last show, and every other show. Disconnect from devices. Don't give the yeah, yes. We're going to go with a Thursday, 22 July, year of our Lord, 2021 podcast. Until then, thanks for listening and take care.